Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. Both right for the Ole Spirit. OmSpirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Dylan DeLucia, transfer Ole Miss pitcher. David, what's up, man? How you doing? Snoop. Oh, God. Snoop. Oh, God. Don't, yeah. don't do it. I'm on, I'm on the snoop train, man. Take you long that's, enough. That's how I'm doing this morning. Oh, yeah. No, it's never taken me a long time. It's never taken me a long time. Why has he it's been buried? Critical mass. I know. It's just, why was he buried? I mean, he was number four on the depth chart coming into the year. It makes no sense. An embarrassment of riches for one in that position room. When you're talking about Jerry Ely, Henry Parrish, Snoop Connor. I am sure Snoop Connor's the best of the, of the three. And all three probably have pro careers, the other being Henry Parrish. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you know, say, saying cream rises to the top, the cream rose to the top Saturday against uh, Arkansas. And, and this is certainly, I don't want this to come across as any sort of indictment against Henry Parrish or Jerry Ely, who are both very talented. And I just said 30 seconds ago, will have NFL careers of their own. It's an embarrassment of riches in the running back's room. But you got to put this guy on the field more. I mean, he is the real deal. And, uh, you know, the, the preseason depth chart, that's when all the head scratching really began, where Snoop was buried on the depth chart. And, look, I know depth charts. They're not worth the weight of the paper they're printed on. Okay? That, that's, that's the truth right there. Um, but, um, you know, everybody's kind of been sitting back, waiting on this guy to get unleashed, and he got unleashed Saturday. Um, you know, what touchdown runs of, of 34 and another long one, 51 yard touchdown run. Yeah. 51. I mean, come on, man. I want more Snoop yeah. moving ahead. I want more Snoop. I think, I think uh, there's a chorus of people saying that. And uh, they certainly were saying it inside vault Hemingway stadium on Saturday. I mean, you know, the, the roar of Snoop was, uh, was very prominent. And the thing about Snoop Connor Man, there's not a proud bone in his body. You know, I've been covering this kid since he was playing quarterback down at Hattiesburg High School. He is so humble. He is so team-oriented. I mean, look, he could be somewhere else right now set to rush for 2,000 yards this year. Uh, Southern Miss, you know, and a lot of other places where he'd be the, the star of the team. That's That kind of stuff, not in his DNA. You know what he said Saturday, and I'm sure you do by now. You've read it. I just did my job. I just did my job. 
Lord, can we have a hundred more Snoop Connors? That's where I'm at with Snoop Connor this morning. And you know what? You know who needs some kudos on Snoop Connor? Derek Nix, the running backs coach, the then running backs coach, now coaching wide receivers for the Rebels, who had to fight tooth and nail to get Snoop Connor, or he'd have been another one of those Daryl Henderson, uh, uh, you know, Gainwell type guys who uh, went to Memphis and then on to the NFL. Because that's where Snoop was committed to. Wanted to come here, and Nick's had to fight for his offers. So kudos to Derek Nix. Are you on the front porch or back porch today? I'm on the back porch today. You may hear some squirrels. Mm. I got some raccoons, some deer. Um, yeah, yeah. No snakes, though. Not, Never seen a snake here. And not many a raccoon. Yeah, there are. Uh, there's a little family that lives under my shed back there. And uh, we grilled out last night and uh, generally, uh, you know, I've got a trash can on the porch and we'll throw stuff in there before it goes to the main garbage bin. And uh, generally they come out, knock it over, eat all that kind of good stuff, but it's still standing this morning. Okay. Well, here's my whole question with Snoop. Henry Parrish started. He had eight carries. Matt Crowell had eight carries. Kentrell Bullock got run in his own drive before Snoop got his second carry, which came late in the second quarter. I don't understand what's going on here. And I know that we can ask about his usage and things like that. We know what Lane Kiffin's going to say. But do they just not like him? I mean, it's weird. It's a weird deal. Well, there was some of that kind of going around in offseason. I'm sure that's uh, why you bring it up. But I, I don't know. I can't say that I know. Um, and I also would have to say it's hard to make a case against Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy for how they're utilizing him when they're when they, they just looted Arkansas for more than three hundred yards on the ground. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um so the utilization of the room cannot be criticized. I don't think it can. And the fact of the matter is, you know, there are a lot of good running backs on this football team. And one of them wasn't even able to play Saturday because he was in concussion protocol. And it didn't and matter. Jerion Ely, it did not matter. And some of the reason it did not matter is how Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin are, are calling things and how they're utilizing their personnel. So, you know, this is no criticism on, on Lane or Levy. It's just simply, hey, I want more Snoop. Yeah. Fan base wants more Snoop. Everybody wants more Snoop. Well, the whole Jerion thing is partially the point. Is Jerion can do multiple things. He can play multiple roles for you, unlike Snoop. Snoop is a pure running back. He's serviceable catching the ball out of the backfield. Now, he's not Jerion. He's not even Henry Parrish, but he can catch the ball. But as far as a pure running back, there's no player on the roster better than him. So when you got Jonathan Mingo down, you need some help at wide receiver. Jerion can do that for you. Not to say he'd be a true wide receiver or anything, but you could split him out. You could do any number of things with him that Snoop can't do. So if you've got a pure running back in Snoop, that dynamic threat, starting him, putting Jerry on all over any formation, I don't know. I just feel like he's being underutilized for what for how good he is as far as a downhill runner. And I think everybody feels that yeah. way. You're, you're talking that way. Fans are talking that way. And the question that I kept getting over and over and over after the game because we do that Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. And I'm asked for questions on the Ole Spirit message board, asked, asked for questions on Twitter. All questions led to one place. What's the deal with Snoop Connor? He's so good. And I don't have an answer for them. And, and even if you ask Lane Kiffin this question, he's going to point to the production. And he's going to point to the role he plays as Snoop in this offense. He's not going to tell you what you want to hear. No matter how many times you ask him, he's going to point to, well, he's done this, 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 this. He's going to avoid that. He's just not going to talk about it. Well, I think I think Lane and Levy sit back and they, they go, okay, we're going to utilize every available weapon in terms of personnel in the best situations possible. And sometimes it comes out, um, you know, with, with Snoop having a big game like he had on Saturday, and sometimes it doesn't. I think it's the same situation with John Rice Plumley. We saw Plumlee play more on Saturday because he was needed. It was needed in the offense. So, you know, I think they're doing it the right way. This is not, again, any kind of criticism no. about how anybody's being used because they're doing it 
I don't know football. I don't pretend to be some expert. I cover this team, and from a pure layman's perspective, I'm watching a football game, and when he comes in and he busts off these big runs and opens up the run game, and he's so powerful when he does it, always falling forward, always getting positive yards, it seems, always getting tough yardage. As a layman, the first question I think is, oh, this guy, why is he not playing more? He looks really good. And that's like a typical fan or typical person watching football, right? They're watching that game and seeing Snoop doing those things, and they're going, hey, wait a second. He looks good compared to anything else. Yeah, yeah, that's a valid point, certainly. Um, But again, it's hard to argue against the uh, total team rushing yardage on Saturday. And then, you know, Lane made another point. And um, I want to be sure to, to bring this up this morning. Do you know they had only six negative rushing yards all day? That's crazy. How many times was Matt Corral sacked? I can't remember. Not once. Zero. Yeah. Not once. Not once. You know, the fan base basically spent the entire last week kicking that offensive line in the teeth. There is no wave of posts about the great job, the fantastic job the offensive line did this past weekend. I mean, they kept Matt Corral clean. They gave Matt Corral enough time to throw the ball downfield. And and they bullied Arkansas up front for over 300 yards rushing. Orlando um, Umana and Jordan Rhodes starting at left guard and center, and neither one of those guys went through spring football practices. Both of them came right before neither, fall camp. Neither one. And then, yeah. and then Rhodes goes out in the second half, and Cedric Melton comes in and steps up. I mean that was a that was an incredible job. Yeah. Without having the starting left guard Caleb Warren in there, and to be honest with you, look, man, I thought Rhodes played well, very, very well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that moving forward because he's going to get another start on Saturday at Tennessee as Caleb rehabs and gets ready to come back. So uh, that that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and Caleb can play multiple spots too. Well. Caleb can play center. Yeah, Caleb can play center. Either Caleb guard. can play guard. He, he can't play on the edge, but but he could play all three interior spots. Um, so, anyway, the good thing out of that is, you know, you have depth on the inside, which we've been saying all season. The Rebels have interior depth, where you don't have depth on the tackle spots. So, uh, there needs to be, like, secret service protection around <laughs> Jeremy James and Nick Broker to keep those guys healthy. I honestly don't know what they would do. I guess they would throw Jordan Rhodes out there if anything ever happened to either one of those guys. I honestly don't know what they'd do. Yeah, you're probably spot on with that. It'd probably be Jordan Rhodes, this guy who's played some tackle before in his career. You know, you've also got Reese McIntyre, Tobias Braun out there. Even Cedric Melton could play some tackles. So, you know, they'd find a way to patch it up if that if that scenario popped up. Uh, let's all keep our fingers crossed that it doesn't. 50. Nick Broker, Jeremy James – to the most important parts of this offense. 52 to 51. If you'd have told me that Arkansas was going to score 51 points against Ole Miss, I'd have said Ole Miss was going to lose that game because that defense for Arkansas I thought was really yeah, good. Yeah, that, that is the alarming uh, thing that you take out of this. And Lane made no bones about it. I mean, he was very uh, critical of his defense on his television interview with CBS after the game. He called it scheme. And, uh, That's a direct shot at DJ Durkin. Yeah, he did. He absolutely – I don't know if it's a shot at DJ Durkin. Uh, more so as uh, – because he said in the post game, look, you know, maybe it is a three-two-six because Arkansas runs it too, you know, which is a good point. I mean, it didn't stop either side. Um, <clears throat> you know, they made the uh, decision over the offseason, they being Lane and his coaching staff, but Lane too – if they were going to go up to Iowa State and they were going to soak this in and they were going to learn this defense and all the intricacies of it, and they did, and they they bought it 100%. And, you know, people are like, well, change it. Well, it's kind of hard to change a system midseason, you know? And then if you change it to something that's more relative against the run, uh, then, uh, you know, most of the teams you play are running spread and tempo. So, um, you know, you're kind of caught. You're kind of caught in a trap there. Um, and then again, you know, you could argue, well, 
326 didn't stop KJ Jefferson and Traylon Burks from tossing the the nugget all over the field Saturday. So well, that's I my know. point. That's I, my point because I'm not telling you to change your system, but it doesn't feel like they bring pressure very much. No, and they so don't they don't bring pressure. Much. Okay, so and if you're you not going to bring pressure and you're not going to be getting pressure with three down linemen and then you're dropping eight, but he has all the time in the world to throw, and you're still completing deep passes against that 3-2-6, what's the point? Yeah, the point may be, uh, you know, where some of that is shaded towards personnel deficiencies. Um, but, but you know, you made a good point on the pressure. You know when they did bring pressure Saturday? You know when they brought pressure when it mattered? On the two-point conversion trot. They were in KJ's face. And it worked. They hurried him. It worked. Exactly. Because before that, Chance Campbell blitzed on his own. He was a spy. It was a delayed blitz. He saw the opening. It's his call. He made the call, and he went, and he tackled him for a loss. But before that, I couldn't remember a single other time where they brought any real pressure. And you're right. On the two-point conversion, they did. So from a long-term perspective, if you're watching that film, you have to see how it worked. And you're going to give up big plays. But if you were already giving up big plays in a 52-51 to 51 win over Arkansas, even dropping as many as you were without bringing pressure, so what? If you give up a bus or two or three, I take that chance because the other side of it is you're going to get some big plays your way too. And pressure-wise, Ole Miss did prove effective when they brought it. So maybe that's the answer. Not necessarily changing the scheme, because you can't do that midseason. It's just not going to happen. Their base is a 3-2-6. But bringing pressure seems like the obvious thing to try to do. I feel like they are not concerned about bringing pressure, but they're just so worried about not getting beat that they're risk-averse. And having that approach, it's not working because even when you're trying to not get beat deep, you're still getting beat deep. <laughs> you know? Like, Burks had back-to-back 37 yards where he just absolutely mossed DeAndre Prince, and DeAndre Prince had good coverage. Yeah. That's going to happen. Good players are going to do that. So I could not figure out. Arkansas didn't target Burks in the first half, man. That was bizarre. Bizarre. I mean, I think he is the, the top 50-50 ball receiver in the SEC. I, I said it last week, said it on this podcast, wrote about it. I agree. Uh, the best 50-50 guy in the SEC. And K.J. Jefferson's success, a lot of it in large part, he's got a strong arm. We talked about this too. You know, he can throw the deep ball, and he's got a guy that's great at going up and getting it. He's looking and at the formation and play. saying, oh, I've got one-on-one with Burks. I'm going to go there. I mean, pre-snap, yeah. I know exactly where I'm going. Yeah, it's better. The chances are better than a coin toss on that right there. Um, and, you know, we, we talked about how he struggled in the short and intermediate range passing game. And again, he did. I mean, that ball flew out of the back of the end zone on the two point conversion. Thank God. And um, absolute know, that, right call by it's Sam tight. Pittman. Absolute right call. Had to do it. Go for two. I had absolutely no expectation that Ole Miss was going to stop them. They brought pressure for the first time. It seemed like all game and it worked. But you're right. It's not like K.J. Jefferson, good as he was, kid from Sardis, good as he was, it's not as if he can really beat you on his own with his arm. He doesn't have that kind of accuracy to him. He's got a big arm, doesn't have a lot of accuracy to it. He doesn't have Matt Corral accuracy or anything close to that. But he can beat you if you don't if you give him all the time in the world to sit back there and just survey the field and give Trey Burks a 50-50 ball, he can beat you. And he almost did. Yeah, definitely. He almost did. He surely did. And, uh, you know, the other thing, you know, we're just Monday morning quarterback in here, but let's take it off the field for a second, man. You know, are, are there, are there, are there any worse sort of losers in the sec than Arkansas? No, I'm not talking about Sam Pittman and his program. They're great. I'm talking about their fan base. Awful. Awful. I mean, I just, you know, the, 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 the Twitter commentary out there, that Arkansas should never lose to Mississippi schools in anything. From a 247 reporter. Their their fan base accomplished something amazing on Twitter over the weekend. They united the Ole Miss and Mississippi State fan bases against them. Which is impossible to do. Yeah, with one guy's stupid-ass comment who happens to work for this network 
that Arkansas should never lose to Mississippi in anything. What's why? that even supposed? Yeah, what's that supposed to mean? What are you saying? I don't know. You saw it. I saw it. I didn't comment on it on Twitter. I didn't either, but I'm trying to understand what the point was because I considered this. I got sent this by a number of different people, and I rolled my eyes at it. It's just typical, oh, Mississippi is the butthole of America or something. It's that kind of ignorant bullshit that you're used to seeing and hearing. But what? what do you, you're Arkansas. In Arkansas, you're alone in your state. You get all the talent into to your school. Mississippi split into two. Well, there's not any talent over there, Ben. They don't produce enough high school football talent. I it's mean, just bizarre. You know, what do you mean by that? Are you just claiming some type of superiority being from Arkansas over Mississippi? Because we can start breaking down demographic stuff and how Mississippi ranks higher than Arkansas in a number of different things. But what are you trying to say, that Arkansas is just superior to Mississippi? Like, what's the point? What's the point? It really pissed me off because I'm sick of that. I'm absolutely sick of that kind of yeah, crap. You it, get it all the time. Off as well. Yeah. You know, I read I read the, the comments under, and again, I was amazed. Man, it was old, not only Ole Miss fans jumping back at this guy. It was Mississippi State fans, too. How many reigning national champions are in the state of Arkansas right now? Mm-hmm. Zero, I believe. Zero. I don't, I don't, unless they won something like horse riding or something I don't know about. Um, how many are in Mississippi? Reigning national champions. Two. Mississippi State's baseball team, Ole Miss's women's golf team. And you not to mention Ole Miss's football championship, but not to mention Ole Miss's football championships. It's been a while, but they have them. <laughs> yes, it has been a while. Um, but but nevertheless, I mean, there are two reigning national champions. In the state. That's right the worst Twitter impulse, or one of the worst things about Twitter, is the impulsive, angry, fan-filled bullcrap that comes out of it. Because you and I look. I don't run from it. Well, I was, was not born and raised. Who tweeted. I know, but, but uh, it was, though. My point is this. I was born and raised an Ole Miss fan. I went to Ole Miss. I married an Ole Miss girl. I cover Ole Miss for a living. I don't run from that. You grew up, same kind of deal, Ole Miss fan, all these kind of things. Knowing that, we still have a job to do, and we work our tails off, right? I would never even think to say something like that just because I was angry after a game. This guy was angry because Arkansas lost to Ole Miss in the fashion that it did. That's what it was. It was an impulsive fan reaction. If you cannot put that crap away, then you need to get out of this business, and you just need to go sit in the stands and cheer because otherwise you look like a fool because I don't understand what point you're trying to make other than Arkansas as a state is superior to Mississippi. In what conceivable way is that true? Because it's not. If you want to talk about producing per capita – High school football talent that goes on and performs not only in college but in the NFL, it's not even close. It's not even close. Well, and Arkansas sets over there is the only SEC program in, in their state. Okay. I think their population is greater than the state of Mississippi. I'm not looking at that right now, but I'm pretty sure about that. That's and why per um, capita, yeah. the talent that Mississippi produces compared to Arkansas from high school that goes on to play not only in college but the NFL, it's not close. Think about this, Ben. I, I want you to think about this. There are two Power Five programs in the state of Mississippi. There's one G5 program in the state of Mississippi. There are three FCS programs in the state of Mississippi. And the best junior college system. Division, hold on. Two Sorry. Division II programs in the state of Mississippi, two NAIA programs in the state of Mississippi, and 13 junior college programs in the state of Mississippi. Think about that. Arkansas sets over there with one Power 5 program, one G5 program, and a whole bunch of D2 schools. And um, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, I just felt like we needed to address that. Ole Miss fans saw it. Uh, it was a, a shot below the belt. Uh, you know, I think done out of out of out of anger. Well, it's emotion. It's a fan mad. Yeah. And look, if you can't and do I'm this just, job and put that away, then I just like, shut up. Don't talk. I write things emotional sometimes. When Ole Miss barely beat South Carolina last year and South Carolina ran all over the defense, I was ticked off at the Ole Miss defense. And, and, and I mean, I, I, I scalded them. You know, I get it. You know, sometimes you need to write with some emotion after the games. But you know what? That, again, below the belt, no respect for your opponent or the state of Mississippi. And I'll do something I rarely do. Kudos to those Mississippi State fans who jumped in on that and defended this state along with the Ole Miss fans. And, uh, you know, that was good to see. 
We'll get right back to David Johnson in this edition of Talk of Champions with Dylan DeLucia, Ole Miss transfer pitcher, coming up on the Modern Woman phone line after I tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted, well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corient.com. Twitter's given a platform to every single person just to share their thoughts in real time. And there's a lot of good that comes from that, but then there's a lot of bad stupidity. And a lot of people show their, I can't say this any other way, they show their asses in their worst moments. And that was a bad moment for that guy. And quite frankly, 247 should have come out and said something to the dude. Because I don't know where this guy gets off standing up on some type of high ground that he just has no business claiming and dogging the state of Mississippi. It, in what way is Arkansas superior? In what way? Arkansas, as far as baseball is concerned, has made more Omaha appearances than Ole Miss. But if you look at and that's all that matters for most people, and I get that completely. But if you're comparing baseball programs and success and records and all those kind of things, pretty much the exact same thing. Pretty much the exact same program. Basketball, they haven't won anything in forever. And and uh, football, football, Ole Miss and Arkansas are pretty much the same thing. Even though they have more resources and they're the only they're the only show in town. Arkansas and Ole Miss are pretty much the same. So what are you talking about? Other than oh, we're Arkansas Onians. I don't know what they call themselves. We're Arkansas Onians or whatever. And Mississippians, we're oh, better Arkansans. than you. Arkansans, whatever. And we're better yeah. than you. 
Oh, are you? Gonna, they, they can use that against me that I call them Arkansas Onions or whatever. <laughs> oh, see, he's ignorant. He's just a backwards Mississippi guy. He's a backwards Mississippi, and he don't know nothing. Screw people like that, you know, man. I've never really, really looked at uh, Arkansas as a rival. You know? Me either. They're just another SEC school you play, but that's changing. Because and, and look, commentary like like that aids that. Games like Saturday certainly help that, and there are an awful lot of those that seem to happen. Ole Miss and Arkansas and do not play a normal game ever in football, it feels like, anymore. No. No, and I think there's a nice little rivalry developing. Baseball has helped with that. You know, I was talking to Keith Carter after the game Saturday, and, uh, you know, men's basketball, back when Keith was playing, well, they they had a roster of kids mostly from Arkansas, you know, yes. Keith included, and uh, there were some good base uh, basketball battles there. So, um, Rob Evans and know. Rod Barnes both come from Arkansas. Well, see, Rod was on staff with Rob. So, Rod, he's a Mississippi guy, but his ties recruiting-wise at the time were from Arkansas. So, I could go through all kinds of guys that they went into Arkansas to get, especially with Rob Evans, because that's just where the recruiting territory was. So, yes, there was a natural rivalry that developed. But when you think about these two schools playing each other, you don't think this hatred that – you see with Ole Miss and Mississippi State, or Arkansas and LSU, and for some reason it's been kind of formatted online on Twitter with comments such as this and their fan base. When you try to put together a parody account of all the bad things that people do on Twitter and say on Twitter and how they act on Twitter, Arkansas does them unironically, and it's impossible. Like for example, we always say, "Don't tweet at recruits." Don't do that. It's not going to do anything to help Ole Miss land a kid. It looks really stupid and kind of creepy. Arkansas fans, every single time, you if they're in on a kid and Ole Miss is in on a kid, if some kid tweets, boom, bunch of Arkansas fans, woo pig, woo pig, come to Arkansas. You're not helping anything. So every bad instinct that you see college fan bases have on Twitter and you oh, make fun man. of them, they That's do them unironically. Point. When Lakia Henry's recruitment came down to Ole Miss in Arkansas, mm-hmm. we knew he was coming to Ole Miss here in that last 24 hours or so. You know, so we changed our crystal balls and all that good stuff, Lakia Henry, to Ole Miss and not Arkansas. Their media could not even believe it. They were their media was like, these guys are crazy. They're homers. Trust yeah, us. we're homers. We're homers. Oh, my God. Yeah, we're homers. We're homers. Don't pay attention. Why would he go to Ole Miss? All this kind of stuff. And, uh, well, they were wrong. They were wrong. And they were wrong, you know, to to disparage the state of Mississippi on Twitter on Saturday. Uh, it's pathetic. You know, I it. It's path- I don't get it. I don't get it. This isn't no, that I serious. Do. I get it. I get it. I do. I mean, well, explain I mean, it to know, me because for me it's just sports. Well, it's not that well, serious. Like, no, what, what is it? Co- where's that coming I, from? Because I, because I get it doesn't make it right. It was wrong. Well, explain it. it to me. I don't um, get it. No, yo, fandom got in the way. I mean, okay. that's all there is to it. That's it then. You know, I mean, you didn't win on the field of battle, so uh, you take a cheap shot on the way out the door. That's that's what happened. Oh my gosh, one hundred percent. But you know. And the reason we're talking about this, look, we're not, we're not talking about this because of this guy who did it. Oh, I am. We're talking about this because, well, I'm defending the state of Mississippi. The state you of know? Mississippi that's, doesn't that's need defending from me because I don't matter. I'm making fun of that guy. Do your job, man. If you can't put it away, then get out of the business. Go work in retail or something and go sit in the stands and do the woo pig suey call and all that kind of stuff. Have, have some fun. Have some drinks. You know, do all that kind of stuff. Otherwise, just do your job. There was no sense in doing that. I would never think to do that. That's what's so bizarre about this business, David, is, again, you and I, we know our backgrounds. Everybody knows our backgrounds. And we get accused of being homers at times, and that's fine. I really try hard to avoid any of that, and so do you. We really bust our tails to not be that in any kind of way. And yet... There still are times where people will accuse us of this, and as part of the job, it's fine. But I actively try to avoid it. He ran headfirst into it. He just uh, dove yeah, into I, it. I agree. With no shame and no, no sense of self-awareness. I'll, I'll say this. If Tennessee beats Ole Miss Saturday night up in Knoxville, I, I'm not going to litter Twitter with <laughs> negative comments about the state of Tennessee. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, I wouldn't do 
just broadly <laughs> say Tennessee. Man. Yeah, Tennessee's a, bu- a bunch of backwoods. I mean, we would never think. No. I, t- what, would, what would I look like? A dick. About Tennessee's a bunch of hillbillies and Mississippi ought not ever lose to, to a team that wears this ugly color. Well, if I did that. Look like a fool. And I, and I and I do think the color's ugly up there. I will say that. Disagree. All over the great Disagree. State of I love the orange and white. I've always stood by that. I will live and die on that hill. I like creamsicles, but <laughs> I, I, I I don't like the orange and white up there. And besides, you know, there are bodies buried under the field. Okay, is that real? It is not real. I'll tell you the okay. origin of that is <sighs> University of Tennessee actually has a body farm. You can donate your body to the University of Tennessee to be placed out on their body farm, which is right outside of Knoxville. And they do all this forensic study out there. Like what do the maggots and larvae oh. look like six weeks after a body's been found, oh. you know, and all this kind of, yeah, it's actually a wooded area in, in different conditions out there. Uh, you know, they'll put you in a shed, they'll put you out by a tree oh. and they study the effects. So uh, no. So yeah, that's where no! the kind of myth comes from. They do not put the bodies under the field. Yeah, it's like the number one most respected body farm in America. I mean, Halloween's it, coming. It, it, this is about as haunting as it gets. If they really wanted to put on the best haunted mansion ever, holy cow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the real deal. Look, go to YouTube. No, just uh, you know, search for UT Body Farm. You can go no! on a tour there, man. UT Body yeah. Farm? I'd rather yeah. go to the weed Absolutely. plant at Ole Miss. Oh, God. Well, everybody has a weird thing, right? That's well, weed's weird. not weird. We have weed. Tennessee has a body farm. <laughs> well, you just think how useful that is to, to the world in general. I well, mean, so is weed, and that's there. far less harmful than, like, okay, think about this. Say you just, like, had been on a deserted island for seven years. And somehow you you make your way back home, but you stumble into Tennessee, right? And you're yeah. just trying to find your way home, and you happen upon the body farm. You would think that apocalypse had happened, and all the time you'd gone, and you'd be freaked out because you're staring at dead bodies being eaten by maggots in his shed. Yeah, I am sure they have a fence <sighs> up there, even though I don't think they have to worry very much about people trespassing. <laughs> yeah, it's um, different than the weed farm where snipers are just kind of watching out. I don't know if that's true. Okay, so we know that they don't have bodies buried. They don't have bodies buried under the stadium. There aren't really snipers at the weed plant, right? No, 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 okay. no. There, right. there are a couple of observation towers out there, but they look like sniper towers. Up there. They look yeah, like they sniper look towers. Plants or something. Okay. Because in college, in college, how many times, I can't tell you how many times there was the conversation sitting at the bar, we'd all have had too much to drink. You know, they got snipers over there. If you went and tried to steal some weed. Yeah, you think Officer Harmon was parking his car and getting a sniper rifle out? (laughs) Sitting up there waiting to pop a college kid stealing weed? No. No, just like the bodies aren't under the playing field at Tennessee, but... uh, but, but I don't know how we got here. But anyway, I'm glad we did. But that is a that is a very important thing that they're doing up there. We're not criticizing or making fun of it. Look, I mean it it's it's helped you know investigations from all over the world. It's great. Uh, yes, they're doing you know. great work. But when you say body farm, there's only one reaction from a normal human being that can come. What? What is a body farm? Yeah, man, and you know, I think you know if you ever get tight on money, you can sign some papers and donate your body up there. I'm good. It's like a thousand bucks. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Well, <laughs> takes the cost of a funeral oh. off of your family, but you may be laying up against an oak tree out in the woods. Oh. Huh. Well, I mean, it's not like you're really laying there. <laughs> well, your body. Yeah, your your, body. your carcass. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Moving on. Wild, wild stuff. Yeah. Ole Miss has opened as a three-point favorite over Tennessee. The over-under consensus, according to David Johnson's story on Sunday, is 77 and a half points. That sounds mm-hmm. about right. Yeah, I'd take the over on that one. Um, yeah, I, I can see this be a 40-something to 40-something game. So a little bit of a repeat of Arkansas. 
Yeah, I think that's what you're looking at. I mean, look, man, you're going into Tennessee. They're boiling hot right now, okay? 45 to 20 I mean, over South got, Carolina. 28 to nothing after the first yeah. quarter. Yeah, they got an offense that can score points. And, you know, don't forget the Josh Heupel-Jeff uh, uh, Levy connection here. They do a lot of similar things on the offensive side of the football. Um, they're familiar with each other, obviously, from their UCF days. So, uh, you know, you're going to read a lot about Lane Kiffin's return to Knoxville this week, but uh, I don't think that matters at all in this game. Oh, I forgot. In. I forgot. It's no, that it's week. Coming. Don't worry yeah. about that. Uh, the questions will be asked today, and I will obligatorily. <laughs> that's a word. I don't know. Yeah, you got I will there. Be obliged to write about it this afternoon. Will you uh, ask but, Lane about Snoop in some way? Yeah, I asked. I, I asked him about Snoop on Saturday after the game. He what was you, he was proud of him. He was proud of him. That's it. <laughs> He's proud of him. He's proud of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, right. uh, Lane gives great answers sometimes, but he often does not give extended answers. He's my favorite um, head coach interview I've done. I've been doing this since I was 20, so 15 years of this. He's my favorite head coach interview because if you ask the right question, you get the perfect answer. But you can always tell what he doesn't want to talk about and what he won't talk about. No matter how many times you ask it, how many times you rephrase it, if you ask about something that he's just not going to talk about, you're going to get the same answer. And I feel like that's where we yep. are with the Snoop stuff. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, you know, okay. If he goes in there today and says, Oh yeah, I'm going to give Snoop the ball Memphis and give him 20, 25 carries a game. Well then, you know, the conversation we doesn't hear is the one between Jeff Levy and, and Jerry on Ely and Henry Parrish about their carries going down. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, it would help. You know, it, it will never happen because he's a Saban guy and this is how Saban does things. It would help, though, if we could talk to Jeff Levy, but we're not going to. So. No. And I would love to talk to DJ Durkin right now. Oh, that's. The oh, guy yes. I'd love to talk to. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, but these are the times you know, when Lane's strategy or his approach and not allowing us to talk to his assistants when it's going bad like this. This is why. Because we have so many questions for DJ, yeah, including the, the ridiculous rumor stuff on Sunday. The Sunday stuff was just ridiculous. Well, what we have, I mean, we've got fans taking stuff and you know running with it, which and is fine. It they're on fans. Message boards, yeah, they're fans. that's fine. But they're they're putting them up on message boards, and and then you know, all of a sudden, that's what everybody's talking. About. Look, everybody in town talking about dj durkin on sunday everybody i heard he got fired <laughs> I, I, where'd you hear it man because I, I sure like to have that source a screenshot of a well, screenshot of a screenshot a screenshot of a screenshot of a screenshot of a screenshot <laughs> i had that screenshot at eight o'clock sunday morning Me too, man and i'm like i'm like oh come on man and then um you know it just got floating around and then everybody took it as gospel i went let me tell you this I took my little girl to the park yesterday. You're on call, David. You can't take her to the park. You're always on call. I took took her to the park. And um, four or five people, let me go, wait, one, two, three, four, four people at the park approached me about DJ Durkin being fired. I'm like, no. Oh, and it was, it was, believe it or not, worse Friday afternoon when somebody somewhere put up on somebody's message board that Ben Brown had a high ankle sprain and was not going to be available against Arkansas. Oh, my God. I mean, so I just say, well, you know what? I'm going to call Ben. We have an NIL deal with Ben. He does a weekly segment here on this podcast. So, of course. Hey, Ben. So I call I call Ben and it's like, uh, Mr. David, I don't know where that's coming from, but my, I've been getting text messages about it too. Ben Brown's big ass saying to you, yeah. oh, Mr. David, that always makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, Mr. Yeah. David. He always calls me Mr. David. I love Ben Brown, man. He's the best. Uh, ben is, uh, it was so funny. Incredible. Guy. I text him every Monday and say, Hey, just let me know whenever you want to do the segment and we'll knock it out. And last week, 
The response doesn't come but a day later. He goes, can we just wait till next week? I don't think anybody wants to hear from an offensive lineman after that ass beating. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, it's fine. One, one, uh, one day when Ben's making a lot of money playing in the NFL, uh, I will get on this podcast and tell the story about his official visit weekend. Um, not going to do that to him right now, but uh, it's a great story. And uh, we'll do that one day. When Ben's, oh, Jenny Ben's, Moyer's uh, going to be mad at you. Who's going to be mad Jenny, at Jenny Moyer, she's going to be mad about another story that she can't hear right now. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure, Jenny, yeah. Uh, got, I got Jenny's number. How about that? That was a pretty good pun, right? Is that, that pretty good? Yeah, okay. Why, why do you have her number? Oh, come on. I forget you're so young. Eight six seven five three. Oh, my God. Okay. Come yeah. on, man. Oh, I got Jenny's number. Okay. I got you singing, though, so – Anyway, I really, you did. I really do not have Jenny's number, but I, you know, it was, I it get was it now. Good. I'm not that young. I'm 35 it. years old. Okay, whatever. The older people get it. Okay, here we got we got a few uh, things we got to knock out. So three point favorites over under 77 and a half. Old Miss is 13th in the country, rising the AP poll. I don't care about the coaches poll. It doesn't matter. Looking at scores over the weekend, Alabama lost to Texas A&M. Now, when Ole Miss lost to Alabama, we said, well. That's it, as far as Atlanta is concerned. Well, now the door is open. Now, Alabama's got the tiebreaker. But when you look at Alabama's schedule, coming up, poor Mississippi State's getting Alabama, a mad Alabama, after that loss. So, good luck with that. But then it's Tennessee, LSU, and LSU is just a mess. New Mexico State. Hey, um, I will be there. Yes, you will. Tuscaloosa that day. Alabama then gets Arkansas, which feels like the best opportunity. And then Auburn, the Iron Bowl. And Auburn's been good. So... There is an opening, but if you're Ole Miss and you're an Ole Miss fan looking to see how Ole Miss can get to Atlanta, having lost to Alabama, well, Texas A&M did you a favor. Now you got to win out, and that's not going to be easy to do. you got to win out, well, well, and Alabama's got to lose one more. There's another way of looking at that, Ben, and um, you know, it depends on what your goals are, what you want. You want to go to Atlanta, or you want to get in the college football playoffs? Mm. And if you want to get in the college football playoffs – and not risk not going to the college football playoffs because you lose Georgia and Atlanta. You want Alabama to win out. You'd be happy with being second in the West, but you went out and you'd be 11 and one. Your only losses to Alabama. You've got a shot of getting in the college football playoffs. But we'll have full coverage of Ole Miss Tennessee leading up to that game all this week on the Ole Miss Spirit. OmSpirit.com to fit of two four seven sports. He's David Johnson at Rebels two four seven. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions and iTunes, and when you do. Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Dylan DeLucia, Ole Miss transfer pitcher, because fall ball is going on right now, too. It's not just football. Fall ball. Got a lot more football coverage coming this week on Talk of Champions. But for now, we say bye to David. See you, buddy. Hotty toddy. Going now to the Modern Women phone line to speak to Dylan DeLucia, Ole Miss transfer pitcher. Before we do, let's hear from BNA Bank and Chinese Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi, that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy 
is one you can trust. Chinese Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Dylan DeLucia, Ole Miss transfer pitcher. And this interview with Dylan is brought to you by my bookie and Modern Woodman. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell people to put your money down at my bookie. The Arizona Cardinals have come out to a hot start. The Chiefs have as many losses as they did last year. And with all the overs hitting in the dying seconds of a game, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Thankfully, my bookie's lock of the season has returned for the Las Vegas-Seattle NHL opening night game, and when either team scores in the game, you win. You heard right. When the lamp lights red, you get the bread. Take the easy win, pat yourself on the back, and use your winnings toward your NFL picks for Week 6, which includes a battle between two potential Super Bowl contenders when the Cardinals meet the Browns. Don't miss out on a winning season. Head to my bookie and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, and you'll get double your first deposit. That's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire? Well, if so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Dylan, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? How are things going so far at your new school? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Just getting a lot of work in, meeting the guys. Um, that's really it. I mean, we got a good group of guys over here. So what have practices been like for you so far in your first go-around as an Ole Miss Rebel? A lot different. I mean, uh, practices are way more organized. Uh, I mean, we get right to work. Everybody has a job. Um, it's, it's really good. I mean, you show up, you have something to do, and then you just get your work done really fast. It's a fast-paced practice, and it's just good. It's all good around. I was talking to Mike Clement the other day, and you're one of the first things that popped up as being – how would I say, I guess an early um, impressive performer so far in fall practices. What have you been doing in particular? What have you been working on? What kind of have you been focusing on? So uh, lately we've just been kind of just trying to live at the bottom of the zone, uh, in the strike zone, keep the ball low. Uh, it creates a lot less contact and a lot less hard contact. So you get more pop-ups, more ground ball action. Instead of living up in the zone, that's where you get in trouble and people start to barrel it up. We've been working a lot on that and then also kind of slowing down my change up. It's been going a little too hard right now, but uh, we got that down now. I mean, just really just trying to work on mechanics, stay through, and then just get ready for season. For a lot of Ole Miss fans that maybe haven't seen you pitch, don't know much about you yet, how would you describe yourself as a pitcher as far as arsenal, repertoire, all that kind of stuff? Uh, well, I'm a, I'm a scrappy dude. That's what I've been hearing a lot. <laughs> uh, I'm a scrappy dude. Uh, I don't quit. Uh, every time you get me, I'm going to give you everything I got. Um, they said that what I've heard a lot of is the kid doesn't lose. I don't know. That's just what they say. And uh, I'm, I'm happy to have that rep going for me. I mean, but every outing, every time I touch the mound, it's about getting the job done at the end of the day. I mean, you don't want to give up a run. You don't want to give up a hit. You don't want to do anything that could hurt you or hurt the team in that game. To be the guy that doesn't lose, you got to have good stuff, Dylan. So what are we working with here? Uh, so I run a fastball slider changeup. Um, fastball just, I mean, it moves a lot. I mean, we were on the wrap Soto. Fastball is moving about 18 inches of horizontal break, so it's running in 18 inches to a, a righty batter. Um, so that's really good. I mean, a lot of movement on my changeup, slider is a good pitch. I mean, it, it's all right now. It's just coming together as it is as of last year, just dialing it in at this point. 
Where's the fastball velo at right now? Uh, last outing, I was 90 to 93. So hopefully we could get that jump here shortly and get it up to fours and fives. And um, I understand this was only the first inning squad, so we still got a lot. We still got a lot of ball left. Well, I was curious about that for a pitcher because fall ball, a hitter can just step up. It's effectively the same work as the preseason in January as you're ramping up for the season. But for a pitcher, what is this work like? What are you trying to get done in preparation for once you do come in for official practices in the season in the spring? So this work for me, I mean, I'm a different guy. Um, I throw a lot of strikes. Um, I don't, I'm not a wild person. I pitch. I don't throw, I don't throw like other people. So for me, this is just kind of developing where I could put the ball and when I could put the ball and what spots, Look, reading batters, looking at them, seeing what I could get away with and what I can't. I mean, that's the biggest thing is trying to just see where you're at with facing batters. I mean, you got to do a lot of studying. You got to look where, like, on the mound, like I've been calling my own game this fall. So looking at where they stand in the box, are they up in the box, back in the box? Do they have quick hands? Uh, does their barrel drop a little when they swing? Can we get them on a slider on the out, outer half? Is he going to sit on it? There's a lot of stuff going into it. I mean, so this fall, when I when I get on the mound, I'm really just thinking about attacking the strike zone and just getting creative with pitch selection. Well, like I said, everybody's going to be talking about not having Doug, not having Gunner, but I was talking to John Gaddis, and he said something that kind of stuck out to me, how he believes y'all are going to surprise people. But I don't really think it'll be a surprise because, yeah, they don't know y'all yet, but John's accomplished from Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Jack Washburn's accomplished. You're a stud in Juco. Do you feel like, not necessarily that y'all are being overlooked, but the need that Ole Miss has, replacing two generational arms in Gunner and Doug is no small thing. But when you look around, do you see the talent to put together a weekend rotation that compete in the SEC? I look at these pitchers, and I see a bunch of guys kind of like me um, that are scrappy dudes there to compete, there to throw. Um, I mean, they're really good. We're, we will have a good group of pitching this year. Mark, I know that for a fact. I mean, these guys compete and compete, and they don't, they don't show cards. Well, when you look around at the talent around you, it's got to be different, obviously. I mean, it's a stupid thing to say, but it's obviously different than what you had in JUCO. But when you look at this talent here at Ole Miss and the team that y'all got put together, especially on the offensive side and the arms combined with it, what do you think about the group so far and, and trying to get back to Omaha, the team that y'all can put together? Uh, arms, I mean, we have the freshmen coming in are really good um, with in live scrimmages. I was watching it. But, I mean, the freshmen are really good. All the returners. I mean, they're doing what they did last year. I mean, they're competing. They're doing everything they can, and they look really good, too. The transfers, uh, Washburn, Gaddis, um, Parento. I mean, everybody's coming in and doing their job. They're doing their place. Uh, I mean, the pitching, honestly, uh, is going to be a really good thing this year. I think we'll have more. they will have more of it. The guys that they can rely on out of the pin and stuff like that. They will have a lot more arms to select from. And and I got a feeling this team is going to be really good in the pitching aspect. How big of a benefit is it to go against this offense every single day? Oh, this offense <laughs> is, I mean, if you're going to compete versus anybody in the SEC, I mean, this offense is what you want to practice on every single day. I mean, this offense is really good. If you miss a spot, they will embarrass you and they will attack it. And they are really good at pitch selection. They are really good at a lot, a lot to do with hitting. I mean, uh, last week I missed a spot, and, I mean, he – I didn't think anybody would actually hit that spot. And, <laughs> well, he barreled it up, and it looked like a good swing. I mean – Who was it? Team is, uh, it was um, uh, Justin Bench. Yeah. That's a vet. He knows what to do with a pitch yep. like that when you miss. And it's interesting, too, because when you look at this group – in the past two postseasons, Ole Miss has fallen one game short of making it to Omaha. Y'all have the returning offense that's so good, and then the arms that have come in, including yourself. When you look at this team right now, do you see an Omaha team? I do. I really do. Um, this team I, this team works very hard. This team gets after it every single day. The energy is there. The atmosphere is there. The team is there. I mean, we have a good group of guys. And uh, we're not shy of Omaha. We're going to be in it this year. 
Well, as far as your recruitment is concerned, you're a coveted guy. Why did Ole Miss make sense as far as being the right spot for you? Uh, in high school, um, honestly, this was my dream school in high school. Oh, wow. Uh, ended up, yeah, I mean, I just love the facility, love the atmosphere over here. I never visited it. I just only saw pictures of it. But in high school, I mean, I was like, okay, this was this was a cool spot to be. This was like, I never had a favorite college in mind of high school. I just, whoever gave me the most money that would pay for tuition, that's where I kind of went. And so when I went to college to Charleston, um, I ended up not really liking it there. So I went to Northwest Florida, ended up loving baseball, and they made me work hard, compete. And then coming here, I mean, it was like a dream come true. Like God had his plan. Like, hey, we want to put you here, but we want you to follow the steps first. Man, that's a great story, man, because you want to go to Ole Miss coming out of high school. It doesn't go the way you want it to. There's probably going to be some disappointment dropping down and going JUCO. How rewarding is it then to be out there? You haven't even played in the game yet, but to be out there in Swayze Field at the place you want to be, knowing the work you put in and the journey you had to take to get there. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, when I came up and saw this place and stepped on the field, like, it was beautiful like I was like dang this is where I'm going to be pitching this year in front of like he said 9,000 fans and like that's that's a big dream that's a accomplishment of life right there I mean that's something you will never forget for you is it about getting a spot in the weekend rotation is that the goal yes sir yes sir I mean that's that's why I'm here that's what that's what I hope to be doing I mean I came here to compete and to be a weekend guy have you thought to yourself what it's going to be like the first time you step on the mound on a weekend in the SEC with 10,000 fans and trying to control those emotions? Yeah. It's going to be a lot, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot. Um, I told this uh, last year, so when I was at JUCO, uh, we were in the state tournament. I threw, I was throwing game one of the state tournament. We were playing the number one seed, and it was uh, Santa Fe College. Uh, they were a really good team at the time. Um, still is a good program. And I mean, when, uh, we were talking to the coaches and he was like, are you going to get like nervous out there? Blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, you're going to throw them in front of more fans than you ever have. And I was like, I've thrown in front. Uh, I told the coaches, I was like, I've thrown in front of 90,000 fans before. He was like, really? I was like, well, it was in my head, but <laughs> you know, it's, I, that's what I told him. And they just started laughing. And then I went out there through eight innings, had a good day. Um, ended up coming back. We were just one game short of making it to uh, basically the Omaha of Juco, uh, Grand Junction. But, I mean, we were – it was it was a good time being there. I mean, the atmosphere over there was good. But in front pitching in front of fans, um, really not like a big thing for me because I don't know how to control my emotions on the mound. I mean, I know my emotions will jump a little in front of actually 9,000 fans or 10,000 fans, whatever it is. So um, we'll just have to kind of wait and see how I kind of react to it. But uh, my reaction right now is pretty good. Are you an emotional guy on the mound? Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I pitch to pitch. I compete. That's that's really it. Uh, I don't show emotion. I just get up there and do my job. Speaking to say, if a guy hit a home run and pimped it on you, you have to do something back. No. You know, I mean, I'm not saying hit him because <laughs> I don't believe in that. He did his job. He did what he's supposed to do. But if you strike him out the yeah. next time – you can do like a little Trevor Bauer walk off the field, you know, something like that. Oh, 100%. 100%. Okay, good. Yeah, All right, something good. like that. Something like that, yes. I mean, I'm very – when I strike out a guy, I'm a very, very aggressive person. Good. I mean, I'll stare at him going back to the dugout. That's what I love, man. You're a bulldog. You sound like a guy – correct me if I'm wrong here, but you sound like a guy, series on the line, a trip to Omaha on the line. You want the ball. Oh, yes, sir. I mean, I take the ball anytime. I mean, last year it was a it was a rough one. Last year we had a we threw I threw three times in one week basically. Coach Lafferty was not happy about it. I wouldn't be happy about it either. My God! <laughs> yes, we I started versus uh, Tallahassee through uh, I think it was seven innings last year. Uh, seven innings versus them. Came back. We played Chipola that Friday. Uh, extra innings. We go into extra innings. Tied ball game. And he, I was like, Coach, Coach, give me the ball. Give Come the on, ball. Dylan. Dylan, you, you got to look out for yourself, man. we got to protect the arm. That's the moneymaker. 
I'm a winner. That's all I want to do is I want to be on the mound, and everybody knows that. And, I mean, I went in there, threw uh, three pitches, three outs, got out of it. We ended up winning the game that inning. And then I came back and started that Sunday and threw a nine-inning shutout versus Chipola right after that. That's baller. I'll give it to you. That's baller. I'm not <laughs> mad at you. I'm, I'm glad that you have that mindset. I want to have a word with the coach. He's got to protect you on that one, Dylan. Come on, man. <laughs> It was one of those things I kind of forced them into it on the Friday. I threw Monday, and I was scheduled to throw Sunday because that's, that's plenty of rest for me. And I told him, I was like, listen, I was like, put me in, put me in. And I just kept on bothering him, bothering him, and he kind of finally gave me in. He should have looked at you and been like, Dylan, shut the hell up and go sit down. He did that once, and then I just <laughs> kept on coming back. <laughs> I appreciate the mindset, but my God, oh, three times in a week. But you know what? I appreciate the Bulldog mentality. I know Ole Miss fans are excited to have you here, excited to see you pitch. I look forward to covering you. Thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate you. Let's do it again. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.